Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the LGBT Wellness Roundup. And like our last edition, this one's going to be a little bit longer because we have kind of a double issue for you. So if you're interested in learning any more about these stories that we're about to cover, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find links to all of the stories. Now let's jump in with our first story of the week, Impact of Injustices on Queer Black Men's Health. Researchers explored the impact of incarceration, justice system discrimination, and arrests on the health and well-being of sexual minority men. They found that 43% had experienced police discrimination within the past year, and that that discrimination was associated with higher levels of psychological distress, sexual risk behaviors, and lower willingness to take PrEP to prevent HIV. This is such an important study, especially at this moment in time, to look at the intersectional discrimination facing LGBT people of color. The study was published in the Social Science and Medicine Journal, and as always, you can find that link um, on blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you'd like to check out this story for yourself, which I would highly recommend. Next up, a somewhat related story, two protests become one in North Carolina. The Winston-Salem Journal reported on how two groups protesting recently in Raleigh, North Carolina, one representing Black Lives Matter and the other representing an LGBT rights group, convened spontaneously to protest police brutality together. LGBT activists noted that this was really a, quote, return to their roots, given that the LGBT rights movement largely began with the Stonewall Riots, which was a series of protests against police brutality being led by queer and trans people of color. Next up, gay doctor denied critical blood donation. Windy City Times reported that a gay doctor in Illinois who contracted COVID-19 while working at a hospital during the pandemic is being denied as a blood donor because of his sexual orientation. People who have tested positive for COVID-19 develop antibodies and collecting samples from these folks may be critical to learning how to treat the disease. And yet, men who have sex with men are still being denied the ability to donate blood. That is true now for folks who have been um, who have not been celibate for at least three months. So it used to be a lifetime ban. Then they made it folks who have been celibate for 12 months. And during the pandemic, they reduced it to three months. But that still leaves out a lot of people, including this particular doctor, which is too bad because after helping um, serve his community during the pandemic and contracting COVID-19 as a result, he wanted to help his community even more. And he was told tough luck. And our next story, the world fails to meet HIV goals. UNAIDS published a new report finding that the world is not on track to meet its 2020 HIV targets. Over the past few years, worldwide new infections of HIV have surpassed UN goals by a whopping 3.5 million. 62% of new infections occur amongst LGBT people, sex workers, and people who inject drugs, marking a huge disproportionate impact on these communities. Next up, assessing the needs of gay prostate cancer patients. Researchers led by Chana Amara Sekara examined the importance of inclusive sexual health assessments for gay prostate cancer patients. 
They found that a majority of gay men surveyed thought that the prostate was a source of sexual pleasure and that it was important to measure the impact of prostate cancer treatment on sexual satisfaction. This was especially true for gay men who engage in receptive anal intercourse, and uh, they were even more likely than their peers um, to believe that the, it was important to assess sexual health in this way. Next up, two great op-eds looking at intersectional disparities among Black LGBT individuals. The Detroit Free Press published an op-ed exploring how if we want to address Black health and improve Black health, we have to include the health of Black LGBT individuals who are often overlooked. Meanwhile, Miss Magazine published an op-ed on what it's like to be a Black lesbian woman at this particular moment in history and how it's difficult to try to remain optimistic when there has been such uneven progress in terms of both Black rights and LGBT rights, as well as women's rights, over the course of the past several decades and centuries. Next up is a really interesting story, Lockdowns Threatening HIV Care Access. Paz Magazine reported on a new study of 20,000 LGBT people worldwide that found that 21% of people living with HIV were having trouble accessing ARV treatment because of lockdown restrictions related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Twice that number, 42%, had a month or less left of their ARV supply. Among LGBT people not living with HIV, only 56% reported having access to HIV prevention services. In our next story, Banning LGBT Healthcare Discrimination. The LA Blade reported on how the federal government's recent decision to end a gender identity non-discrimination rule is being challenged in court. Now, this relates to healthcare specifically. It was part of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, and it's not directly related to the recent Supreme Court ruling, which was about non-discrimination in employment, but because the, the language of the laws is really closely related, th this challenge in court is being considered kind of strengthened by the Supreme Court's recent decision. The article also explores how state LGBT non-discrimination laws are still in place in many uh, states, including California. So it's important to know that if you live in a state that has banned LGBT discrimination um, and that applies to healthcare in that state, that the federal decision is going to have a much more limited impact. So, you know, I think it's important that while we recognize that the federal ban is very important on ending discrimination, we don't want folks to now think, oh, it's okay to discriminate or it's okay to to be discriminated against, obviously it's never okay, and it may still be illegal depending on your state law. Next up, disordered eating among lesbian women. Researchers led by Jason Nagata examined disordered eating among cisgender lesbian women using the PRIDE study, and this is a study that I keep talking about that you can search for and sign up to help share your health information, um, and, and people are now using this data to study issues that we've never really had good answers on, and this is one of them. There, there haven't been much, if any, research specifically on lesbian women and um, disordered eating behaviors. So the study found that 9.1% um, of, of lesbian women were in the clinically significant range for weight concerns, and 13.9% reported the same for shape concerns. So those are, you know, concerns about, about body shape. 13.5% of lesbian women reported past month occurrence of dietary restriction, and 8.7% reported past month uh, binge eating episodes. 
Meanwhile, 7.1% had been diagnosed with an eating disorder by a medical professional at some point in their lives. And finally for this episode, anal cancer rates highest for queer men living with HIV. A new study led by Gary Clifford found that among people living with HIV, sexual minority men had the highest incident rate of anal cancer. Next came heterosexual men um, living with HIV, and then finally, um, women living with HIV in general. So of, of people living with HIV, queer men were at higher risk. Sexual minority men who were not living with HIV were at lower risk than all of those subgroups of people living with HIV, but still had a rate that um, I imagine is higher than the rate for the population at large. The article concludes with recommendations for a unifying anal cancer risk scale. Well, that does it for another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if you would like to read any of these stories that we've discussed for yourself, you can go over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org and find the links to all of those articles. Tune in next week for another edition of the podcast.